What's good, people? Episode 6 of Cafe Cotton Luis, and this is with my very good friend, Mr. James Spray. So, James is um, a royal chef, and we're just talking all about his journey. He was 133 kilos, and he managed to get down to, I think it was like 79 kilos. He lost 8 stone in 8 months, which is absolutely unbelievable. So, we talk about his journey, we talk about facing adversity, and a number of other different things. So, if you enjoy this episode, pop me a message, pop James a message, let us know your thoughts, and I hope you enjoy it. Right, we can just we can, we can just start whenever. Uh, so I always get really nervous, even though <laughs> I'm only talking to like you. I always get yeah, this no, like, nervous yeah. feeling. Um, but anyway, we're live, so you can introduce yourself. Hey, I am James Spray, um, fitness enthusiast, I guess, private chef. Um, yeah. I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, obviously, weight loss, big part of my journey. Um, some big moments in my life that got to me where I am today. Um, and yeah, living, living, living better, as Lewis would say, I guess. Exactly that, exactly that. So just to pre-frame this for you guys, obviously, me and James are very good friends that we met through Jets. Um, and we're actually, this is just very conversational. Even though we've been friends for quite some time, we're, we're in contact quite a lot. I don't actually know like the ins and outs like we, we were friends through the gym so in terms of I don't know how to put it without like you're not like childhood buddies you know what I mean so I don't know nah, but yeah, no, you got to, so the only James that I know is the fit James not yeah. the James before like even when I see the pictures that of your transformation I, I, I would not even recognize you like I wouldn't say that that was you I wouldn't affiliate that with you yeah um so I'm gonna learn a lot of stuff about James today and hopefully you guys will as well so we called this facing adversity because this whole journey from what, how much did you weigh at the beginning? Uh, I was like, I was 19 years old and I was just creeping just over 21 stone. So I'm not sure that is in kilos, but All it right, was pretty, here we it go. Was pretty rough to be fair. Hey Siri. Yeah. No, Siri don't want to talk to me today. Right, bear with me two seconds. I'm really bad with like stone. People always talk to me in stone and it's just like, it just yes, goes straight sure. over, straight over my head. To be fair though, like before I started lifting and like doing like fitness stuff, I never spoke in kilos because obviously I like, neither did I for cooking I terms, honestly. Known. But yeah, but for cooking, like most most normal people, let's say people who aren't interested in like how much they weigh, will talk in stone and ounces and stuff, especially in England. Um, but obviously, like when you when you get into like the gym and stuff, you talk in kilos, and obviously, like cooking, it's grams and kilos and stuff. So yeah, I think I can relate with that as well because I think well, we all all start with um, stone and things like that. And then when I started getting into this whole fitnessy stuff and watching like YouTubers, they're all in, they're all Americans. They was all like pounds and stuff. And even then, yeah. I'm like, doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but just out of context, in context, 21 stone was 133.3 kilos. Yeah, so it was pretty bad to be fair. At one point, 19 That's years old. Mental. It was, um, yeah, it wasn't where I should have been. Put it that way. That's the best way to describe it. And what was the lowest that you got down to? Uh, I got down to nine, 89, uh, 79 kilos, which was like for my frame, like six foot one, like it was just a bit too much. Like there's some photos on my Instagram, like the family, um, my, my uh, nan and granddad's 60th wedding anniversary. And I looked like a vampire in the background. Like my face was all gaunt. Like I was white. Like it, it just wasn't a good, a good look. Like I dipped down and then dipped back out. And then I probably like sat around the 80 to 90 kilos for quite some time now. I'm a little bit higher than I normally am, but that's why Lewis is on as a coach and trying to get, get me back down. Lockdown has an effect. Yeah, you look a completely different person. Obviously, the pictures that we've seen. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to feel like where we're gonna 
Where we're going to I'm start this journey from? Were you always? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word fat kid because yeah, of course, maybe yeah, it was. Of I don't want to no, 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 no like, that's, what, that's what it was. Like, there's, no, there's, no, there's no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, I was always a big kid. I played rugby prop. So anyone who sort of talks rugby knows that the props, the hookers, they're the biggest boys on the pitch. Um, I was playing, played for Farmer Rugby Club and played for school and did some county stuff. And I was all right. Like there was mates that were better than me. There were players that were way better than me. And at, at sort of 16, 15, 16 years old, I kind of made the decision. I was like, right, I need to, either keep playing the rugby and really dedicate myself to that or look at alternative options, get a Saturday job, all that kind of stuff. And it was sort of like after we finished school, when you sort of finishing school, you go to all the college open days, like, what do you want to do next? Like, do you want to do college? Do you want to do A-levels? And I was like, sort of sitting in a classroom for another three to five years with uni, like, shoot me now, I can't be doing that. <laughs> I'll go crazy. Um, so I went I went to Farnborough Tech, um, where, where we're from, and... I was, it was like I'd do sports science or physio or something like that because that's that's what I'm into and then it was like well everybody wants to do that like everybody that I knew was like I'm going to do physiotherapy or sports science or sports psychology. everyone loved PE at school didn't they yeah and like, I was like <laughs> oh this is and I always cooked as a kid like with my nan and one of my nans worked for bird's eye in the factories like in the labs like creating different things like way back sort of like 60s 70s um and I remember walking through college and there was some guy doing a flambe, which is like, obviously like the cre- uh, crepes in the pan with the brandy, big old flame. And I was like, that, that's what I want to do. That looks awesome. Like sign me mm-hmm. up. So that was it, mate. I kind of just went into it a bit blind at 16, thought, yeah, this be fine. Um, and then obviously the harsh reality of the hours, the toll on your body, the toll on your like family life, social life, like it really got to me. And I stopped playing rugby and carried on eating like I was playing rugby. Um, so I when you when you, so when you first started at sixteen, were you at your biggest, or was you like sort this? It, this is where it's all sort of started and led up to it. Well, yeah, like I was always a big kid. But I was always the biggest in the group, the slowest around the around the rugby field. But I could still shift, and I knew and I knew how to play rugby, so it was it was okay. Like it wasn't awful. I mean, if you talk to some mm-hmm. of my mates now, like they'll be like, "Oh my god, he took forever to do anything." Um, always, <laughs> always, always the last in the pack. But yeah. Um, and then I guess for the for the sort of three years I was at college, 16 through 19, I just kept eating. Mate. And then I was eating at restaurants and I was, you know, I was, I was at that creative stage. Where it was like, I want to go and eat this restaurant, eat at that restaurant. I want to eat this burger. And I, and, I, and I still maintain that I probably didn't eat in quantity the most. It was, it was the bad choices. It was doing a 13-hour shift on a Saturday when I was 17 and smashing the McDonald's and going straight to bed and waking up and going straight back to work again. Like, it was just... I mean, when I remember the first day at college, they were like, right, you're at college Monday through Friday. Um, we have a restaurant here, so you're going to be here till nine o'clock at night and um, sort of doing things. And then if you don't have a job, get one. So I got a, I got a pub and I got a job in a really nice gastro pub. Um, I, was all, I was already working in a, in a pub when I was sort of 14 years old, like local pub, like buttering bread, making salads, that kind of stuff. And then I got a proper job um, Saturday, Sunday. And then obviously that turned into Friday night, that turned into Thursday night, that turned into Wednesday night. So I was just... I mean, I used to go to college on a Monday and like think it was a break because the weekend was so bad. Um, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But I loved it as well. And then I got to the point at 19 years old when I I couldn't stand anymore. And I, and I know that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but I'd finish a shift and I wouldn't be able to drive my car. I'd be in agony. I'd get home and I'd be in tears and I'd have to, my my mom's, my mum and dad and my, my girlfriend uh, I've been with since the first day of college carrying me up the stairs like 
ice packs on my feet. It was awful. And then um, I do have, there is an ankle issue that I do have, but it it wasn't helped by the enormous amount of weight that I was carrying around. Um, and then I suppose the weight loss phase started about 19, 20 years old. Um, my grandmother got ill with cancer. And I mean, like we all, the best way to describe it is we all have that person. You know, I love my parents so much. I love my family, but I think you probably relate with your grandmother as well, that mm-hmm. you have that one woman in your life, normally a woman for, for men. I don't know if it's not, I wouldn't want to put everyone in the same basket, but play a dangerous game there, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she was like that person. For me. Like I, we had this connection, like I, the countless days she, I mean, I had every, football sticker album every she used to spoil me rotten bless her and she got cancer and just before she passed she kind of said to me she sat me down and um she was obviously in a bad way and she said look um you're obviously very talented like i've been to college at one of these competitions i've been i've done some great things and i thought and she said to me um just try and be healthy like don't i don't need to go and like go on i don't need to go and lose loads of weight it's not what i'm telling you to do i'm just telling you that you know, at 19 years old, you've still got a long way to go until you're in my shoes and it's your time to sort of pass. So she was like, try and make those the best, the best, the best years, I guess, and be healthy and live every day to its max. Cause I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing everything that I could do. Um, and then obviously she passed and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> got to yeah. do it now. Huh? Um, yeah. Sort of like a, like a spark yeah. almost. Yeah. And then it started and then it just, you know, I joined I joined a, a local leisure centre in Camberley. Um and I sort of go there after work and after college and you know, and I'd start by walking on the treadmill and then cycling on the bike and then a little bit of rowing and like the weight section was like, whoa, 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 like that's 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 not where I belong, you know, like that is not yeah. where I'm supposed to be. And then through friends of like I got a great friend called Dylan who just pushed me and my girlfriend just telling me that I could do things and being like, well, why can't you do that? You can. And my, my best mate, like he's ruthless. Like we've been best mates since we were kids. And like, he literally called me fat every day because it, it gave me that, it gave me that spark of like, like, come on, fuck it, James. Like you've got to do it. Like, come on. You know what? It's funny. You should say like, in terms of just before we go on there, things like that sometimes actually have a good effect. When you say it, it sounds like really harsh. I call someone fat, but I remember when I was, before I started like pursuing my PT, I was building swimming pools and the guy used to like, not bully me, but he used to just be like, oh, you're never going to make it. You're never going to do this. You're going to be stuck at this job for the rest of your life. But you weren't doing it in a way to like be horrible. He was doing it in a way to sort of like spark, like, actually, no, fuck you. I can, I can do it. Sort 100%. Of thing. Obviously, if, if I come from a stranger, I'd have been like, who the fuck are you? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, we, we were, uh, we were yeah. quite chubby, so it weren't, it weren't yeah. too bad. But yeah. But then also that helps as well, because I remember being at a gastro pub I was working at, and obviously like... <laughs> Pub, pubs in the UK gastro pubs it's, it's, a, it's a hard place to be it's a lot of a lot of hours a lot of hard work remember I that I remember, even imagine I remember leaving and the guy said to me he was like you're never gonna never gonna be anything but you, you're like you know you are what you are and then when I signed on to be a royal chef I was like yeah fuck you fuck oh yeah just you. out of context guys I don't think you actually <laughs> said this this guy is a ridiculous chef like worked for the royal family like I have my he, he, is, he is the fucking bee's knees and I'm not just saying that I remember before I left to go to Tenerife he was like oh, I'll cook because I hadn't actually eaten anything that he'd made and he was like oh, I do like I was on my cut what was it like steak steak, steak and chips potatoes, steak, steak, steak and potatoes and I was like oh 
I was sort of like gutted because I was like, fucking royal chef, and I'll get steak and potatoes. Oh my God. It was, I'm not even just saying it's the gas you up. It was the best, I've still got the video and the picture of it. It was the best, like, basic meal I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking insane. Yeah. It's like Um, what you can do with what what you have. Yeah. It's just come and invent a bit. And obviously, like, you were in your cut, and I wasn't going to let, again, I think a big thing for me is accountability. Like, if I like to be, I like the people around me to be accountable they're accountable to me and I'm accountable to them you know if, if you told me you're doing a cut I was like, I'm not going to be the guy that's like come on let's get a pizza let's mm. let's have like some mad meal that I can cook and we'll eat like two to two three thousand calories in one sitting like I'm not that yeah. guy like you told me you want to do a cut I do anything I can to help but I just remember I remember <laughs> sitting there thinking about it going oh, you know what? Just, let's just do something like just just go off plan just for I was like you know it doesn't happen every single day and I was like, yeah. potatoes. And then when you started, he turned up, I swear to God, he turned up with a bloody, like a fishing tackle box full <laughs> of knives and stuff. I was like, I've never seen anything like it. Like, this guy this guy <laughs> literally had olive oil and salt and pepper. And that's it. There's nothing else. I was like, you've got a pan? He's like, yeah, I've got one. I was like, you've got a saucepan? I had one like, pan. Uh, got one saucepan. I was like, right, <laughs> it's going to be, be interesting. <laughs> I was like, you got any, you got any trays for the oven? He's like, no. Nah. I was like, what do you mean? I've got one tray, one tray, one tray, one of everything. It was useless. Oh, <laughs> We've made barely, it work. Barely had knives and forks. Oh, no, tell me about it. Um, but just going back to when you were like leading up to, so with like back to 19, would you say that the environment that you were in, being around food, being wanting to obviously progress in as, as like a chef, would you say the environment dictated more your weight gain because you were just always around food? Definitely. And I think you don't, it's, it's almost like when you, you know, when you, when you have a big day and you're at your house and there's this family around and you, your nan's cooking, your mum's cooking, and there's loads of stuff on the side and you, you, know, you pick a little bit of this, you try a little bit of that, you do a little bit of this before you've even eaten the meal, before you've even got to that part. And that's the same with cooking. You're like, oh, you're making burgers for like, I don't know, in a pub, I'll have a couple of chips. And you're like, I'll make risotto. Yeah. I, I, I could taste a teaspoon, but I'll eat a whole spoon. Yeah. And yeah. You, do, you, do, you, do that for, you do that for 30 checks for lunch. And you've eaten three bowls of risotto. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all these little things. And then you go and have, I don't know, like a chicken burger and chips for your lunch when you get your like when you get your 15 minute break and you're scoffing food and like seconds. Yeah, yeah. And you're drinking full fat coke and energy drinks all day just to try and keep your weight and keep your energy levels there. But you, you could you could smash like five thousand calories just just yeah, working. Easily. Obviously, you're burning it because you're running and you're sweating and like it does get a bit crazy. Um but yeah, like I think, and then you talk about the environment. I, I, so it's kind of hard to explain. So when I was at college, I worked at Penny Hill Park, which is like a five-star hotel and spa. Um, and my girlfriend was a waitress there in the conference department. So, you know, like all the banquets and stuff, we, she, she would sort of like help wait on. And um, she got me a job there. And then I went to Gastro Pub. And then I basically went back to the hotel um, for my first year, sort of like out of college, earning my own money for the first year and I worked on hotel concierge and reception mostly reception stuff um and that completely changed and that's that's when I started losing the weight that's when my nan sort of spoke to me and all these kind of things it all kind of aligned at that perfect time where I had I think I worked there for in that sort of position for t- 10 and a half months I did some night shifts all this kind of stuff but it gave me time out of the kitchen time away from food which was very important in that in that mm. diet phase, and I lost all my weight while I was there. I remember starting, and my shit, my my jacket, because we always had three piece suits, trousers. The waist was a fifty two, and the jacket was like a fifty six or something inch chest, 
and I I had I think I had the record. I think in eight months they had to order me seven suits because that's how quickly seven suits. I was losing this. I remember when I finished, I was a thirty-two waist. I started off at a fifty-two. Fucking hell! I was just caning it because and and also like it was the regular shift patterns. I was I was working with people who didn't care about what foie gras went with what fucking you know whatever yeah, you're yeah. talking about and i was so disciplined in what i was eating and i started the same i started you know we had two shifts late and early's and i did a few night shifts at the end but by the by so i either started at seven o'clock in the morning and worked till three or i started at i think it was like half two and worked till like half eight nine o'clock so i i had time to invest in myself i think that's a massive thing people are flying into life and doing all these things and like you know trying to keep up a social life and and work hard and do these things sometimes you do have to take that step back and go do you know what i i can't focus on all these other things and all these other people in my life if i don't get me right first 100%. So, yeah like, and i and that's a massive thing i mean so it's, i think the whole process taught me self-awareness self-development and also like with with the cooking thing the job at Pennyhill Park and the hotel and the reception, it taught me how to talk to people because I could, I was seeing people who would spend money like water. Like it was absolutely nothing. Like I remember, I remember we did, we, we had some um, Arab guys stay and just opening the door, it was 50 pounds. You open the door again, 50 pounds. Your driver's here, walking to the car, open the door, 50 pounds. Mate, we, 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 were, we were, he was just throwing money away. But then you also meet people who, hadn't had 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 kids and hadn't been away for years and had sp- saved up for months to come to this hotel for one night and they were normal people and they just wanted to have a good time and they were buying the basic package and they were going for this, the, the the burgers mm. not the, not the amazing dishes and the Misha style yeah, yeah. and it taught me how to talk to everyone from that point to these mega rich famous you know we had some pretty big celebrities stay at the time even the rugby team were there so you know it it was such a it was such a development process for me losing weight getting my head right um, organization skills and then obviously like the ability to converse with all these people and mm-hmm. understanding you know that like, I you don't you don't talk to a regular it sounds really awful but you don't talk to a regular person like you talk to a mega rich person because no, I couldn't even imagine that the lives that they live are completely different like, yeah <laughs> completely different 100% yeah and as well I was just thinking like where where you were saying there about those 10 months where you took a step back and you it's it's very true like having that structure it's sometimes a lot easier even though you hear this we all have the same 24 hours in a day we do but we don't in a way because some people if you're working 13 hour shifts it's a, it's a lot harder for someone if you've got kids or if you've got this or if you've got that like i've had some people where their work is actually getting in the way of their health and i'm not saying go quit your job tomorrow but if you can't manage, if you if if you can't manage what your work is at the moment and make it work for you, then it's something you need to think about because if it's affecting, as I said, your health, like you being on your feet all the time, couldn't even walk, being around food, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna go very well for you. Yeah, and it's also having having the sort of insight to to look at that situation and pull yourself from it because you know we're mm. especially especially in the UK and I imagine like loads of other countries like. It's very much, you know, like I don't, I don't want to say the term, but man, man up, you know, like just get it done, like get your head down, shut up. Yeah. Especially in kitchens, it was, it was shut the f up, get on with it. Yeah. I don't care. That was literally yeah, yeah. It. like, and the HR department, 
<laughs> forget it, mate. <laughs> forget it. I want yeah. a break. Forget it. I want a day's holiday. Forget it. I want a Saturday. Oh, forget it. Like, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's mental. So I needed to take that time for me. And obviously my body needed it. And, and my head mm. needed it because I'd lost someone very important in my life. And it's the first time I'd ever gone through that. Um, and obviously, so it was a, in, in, in that 10 months I worked there, eight and a half, I lost that eight and a half stone. It was literally like to the day, eight and a half stone, eight and a half months. It was it was what I did. And that's fucking mental. Yeah, and it was it was amazing. And you know, like everyone being like, Oh my god, you look so good, and like you look different. Yeah, well, I bet it must feel it was fantastic. Feel, and yeah. Sorry. It's so in terms of well, let's actually get into the nitty-gritty now of how you did it. Like what what was the things that you'd done? So basically, what did you do? And then we'll talk about afterwards. What would you do differently? So uh, the, the, the gist of it was no carbs. Like, that was, it's, there's no other way to cut it. I mean, there was no direct carb. It was the only carbs I was getting was free fruits and vegetables. Um, what, nothing at all? No potatoes? No No potato, no rice, no bread, nothing. Eight and a half months. Just completely. So how did you feel like life. throughout that time? Obviously, the first few months were hard, and like, obviously, I was eating some absolute like random stuff, like tins of tuna with low calories, salad cream, and tomatoes. But that was like a snack. Like it was just madness, and I wasn't tracking or anything like that. It was just cut the carbs out, and I'm not, and I'm, and because I'm a, as as a chef, it's a bit of a hard one, but I'm allergic to nuts anyway, so I don't really use much oils and stuff like that. So fats was never really an issue for me because I don't mm. really consume much. Even like you, like I've said to you, like there's there's a few days where I'm a little bit higher. But most mm. of the time, about 40, 40, 50 grams of carbs, uh, 40, 50 grams of fat is where I kind of sit. But I don't really, I'm not like a saucy person, don't really do mayonnaise, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, that never really affected me. Um, and obviously my friends, my best mate Dylan was at university and he was sort of getting into the PT kind of stuff. He was doing the sports science team, whatever it was that he ended up doing. So he was sort of giving me some workouts and understanding like what I can do in the gym. Um, yeah. but most of it was just cardio it was just like on a treadmill walking interval uh, interval running interval stuff was where I'm at so no was, no strength training whatsoever nothing I mean I, me- I remember chest pressing chest pressing dumbbells for the first time and 12s felt like 12 kilo dumbbells each arm felt like a ton of bricks like because I hadn't done it for so long and also like when I was playing rugby we weren't at that age where it was about like lifting weights and, and, and it being explosive. It was more just like skill and talent and playing rugby. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, and then it was, a, it was a gradual step, you know, doing, like, like I said before, like going from the, the treadmill to the bike, to the rower, to the, to a bit of weights to, or maybe I'll do a chest day or, and, and then I started following, you know, that the Christian Guzman's, the Steve Cook's, the Max Tunin's on Instagram and understanding that kind of, that kind of side of life and like what I can do in the gym and how it works and how my body would sort of react to that. And then, you know, you get the bug. <laughs> I mean, like anyone mm-hmm. in the fitness space, you get the bug, whether, whether you just work out, whether you're a PT, whether you're a coach, whatever you're doing, like once you, once you get in there and you start seeing results, you look in the mirror and go, shit, I look all right. Like, I look better mm-hmm. than I did yesterday and look better than I did a month ago. You just keep plugging away. At it. Um, how was you measuring your progress at the time? Were you just sorry focusing on the weight? Were you doing pictures or? Yeah, just the weight, just the weight at the start. Um, and obviously the way I was feeding, I was just, and obviously compliments. And that sounds really weird to measure, mm. to measure yourself in compliments because it's such a backwards, like why do I care? It's, it's not me? though, because I think, I, I feel like people need to, it's something that people need to um, take on board more where there's this whole fixation on weight. Yes, obviously weight is a good thing to see going down. And it's very subjective to if you're 133 kilos, yes, okay, maybe we do need to focus on that. But if you're not, 
Like if you're 50, 60 kilos, you need to focus on the way you're looking. But if people are saying you're looking good, but then you're telling yourself you don't because the weight's not going down. It's just it, the, the mind boggles. Like I don't don't yeah. understand it. But I think that's something that comes with time. You know, like I skipped on the scales the other month and called you straight away. And I was like, money sort this out because I knew it was it was an irregular number to what I've what I'm used to. But mm. if it's I think I think everyone just have a spectrum. Like when I spoke to you, I had I said to you, right, I want to lose weight. And I want it to be between this number and this number where that, where it lays in that five, six kilo window. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care because I know my body and I know that if I go for a big dinner, I'm going to weigh more the next day. So it comes mm-hmm. with time. You know, you to, at the start, you're like, Oh my God, I have to be this because you know, you follow someone on Instagram who said that she's 60 kilos or a bloke who says that he's 95 and chiseled. And you're like, that's what I need to be. It's like, no, you don't need to be like that. You need to be you. You need to be the best version of, like you said, like live better in your own body, like the, the best 100%. version of yourself that you can be. Um, I mean, yeah, like with you said before about with the weight loss and any regrets or anything. And I think one thing yeah, about, me, about to say, what was the biggest, what was the biggest negative you got, obviously, from, from going with that approach of completely cutting out carbs, which is something obviously actively advise against? What would you say? What would you tell your 19 year old self now? to not do basically they don't listen to what lewis just said i mean like actually <laughs> don't don't go and cut out a food source from your diet mm. from your body um because i remember coming i remember sort of like coming out of the diet and saying to my mate dylan like what do i do now like i've, I've been dieting all this time and like did your relationship this... with food change as well were you like scared <laughs> to eat them massively massively like the thought mm. of the thought I, all i wanted was a big bowl of pasta or a burger or a pizza and I thought of it was just like so much. I remember the first like dominoes I had on a Saturday night, like after not eating it for so long and thinking like, oh my God, I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm fat. Mm. Like all that hard work, it's for nothing. And then I remember watching, I know it sounds really weird, but it was a Joel Corey, you know, the DJ guy. And he was, he was prepping for a show or something. Um, did like bodybuilding as well. And he, and he, on his cheat day, he was eating like three pizzas and like tubs of Ben and Jerry's and still looking unreal. And I was like, oh, Okay, maybe this isn't, it's not all that bad. Obviously, you can't do that every single day, but you can you can move things around. And then I started implementing some cheap meals. I, I started having cheap days and I was like, this is this is unproductive. Yeah, <laughs> a, whole, yeah. a whole day of like 10,000 calories is, is unproductive. <laughs> it's a bad idea. So I, I remember I remember I used to have I used to have a, a large, a large pizza from Domino's and garlic bread and a big pot of the garlic sauce every Saturday night for months a bit like ellie was saying about her her cheap meal and like looking mm. forward to it that was the one thing that sort of got me through the week and and i was like again this is unhealthy i can't i can't be living my life willing saturday night to come so i can eat bloody pizza like mm. what is going on with my life at that point yeah yeah and then i just and then i and then i really took time to understand food groups and understand what that actually meant and if you eat carbs, like what that actually means for your body, like it is an energy source and any excess will be stored in fat. So try and get that, that, that sweet spot in where what you're eating is being used or, you know, like you put, you know, a hell of a lot more than I do, mm. but just understanding what my body actually needs as a six foot one male man, who's 23 when I, when I, when it happens exactly and it's completely subjective to the person as well because there are some people that can cut up carbs and feel absolutely amazing it doesn't bother them at all that's fine if it worked for fucking sandy down the road 
that's fine it works for her but it may not work for you and it's and it's not so much that it's not even so much that it's like cool yeah we can do that we can cut them out you'll be miserable and you'll completely fuck up your relationship with food but it's okay because you're going to lose those weight like you need to obviously think about what's more important here like the long-term effects of a simple decision or the short-term gain 100 percent. i think people are so something kind of they want to think now everything was has to happen now has to happen next week i want it now i don't care about what's happening in the future just just get me it now this is obviously with everything as well i mean i was halfway through one of your workouts today in the gym so i'm sweating my balls off but I, mean, I had a thought i was thinking you know i know it sounds really weird it's a really weird thought but everybody wants a shortcut everybody's after how can i get from point a to point b the quickest it's not about how can i get from point a to point b the best the most effective it is how can i do it in the quickest way and then i i when i when i'm working this is really weird tangent. when i'm working i set my alarm for the same time every morning when i'm there i do seven on seven off i do sort of 13 12 to 14 hour days where I am now. Um, and every night my phone, will, my phone will pop up Siri, like suggestion set, set alarm for 601. Cause I'm like that extra minute in bed. It's better than six o'clock in my head. That works. Um, I'm like, that's, that's, that's more time. Um, and everybody's looking for that straight away. But the only reason my phone is suggesting it is because I did it by myself and set that alarm every day, seven days, mm-hmm. For months, for months, yeah, for yeah. months, and now this week, and I've and I've had this job now for ten months, the one I'm in currently, and just this week it said suggestion, shortcut, and I was like, that that's it, like there's 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 no shortcut for hard work. It get it just gets easier with time, like yeah. going to the gym, being showing up, getting it done when you're having a shitty day, when you're tired, and then getting results from it. That, that's what makes those days where you go in the gym and, and you breeze through it and you're like, hey, then you feel bad. I'm going to do some extra abs or arms yeah. or a bit of cardio, whatever that is. The only reason there's a shortcut and that's a bit easier is because you've done the sucky shit first. Yeah, 100%. And as I said, with, with this whole moment, like in, in the times we're in now, everyone wants things right now. They want the results today, tomorrow, whatever it is. So if you turn around to someone and be like, right, you got six, you're going to have 16 weeks, you're going to get the results that you want. They'll be like, oh, do you know what? Don't even fucking bother. Right, it's fine. I don't want to wait that long. But if you can just focus on every single day doing the boring, non-sexy shit, like just the basic stuff, but you can do that every single day and not focus on the end goal, but just focus on the 24 hours of today, you'll find that the less that you think about that end goal, it will just fly by and then you'll look back and think, shit, I've achieved all this much just from simply doing little tasks every single day. A hundred percent. And I think adversity as well, like this sort of topic of what we're talking about. And I think everybody's so happy to be like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, 16 weeks. Yeah, I got that. I got that. And mm. then that, that saying of like, when you're on a diet, everybody's got cake. Everybody's got a pizza. Yeah. Everybody's like, do you want a beer? Do you want a couple of beers? Do you want, do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want want to go for this big old dinner i've got these, i've got some i've got some free tickets to this this food thing and you're like where the frig was that when i was yeah. you know what i wanted but that's that adversity you know like you said you were going to do it and i remember being a kid and at the start of every season my dad would be like you want to play rugby and i'd be like yeah dad and then on one sunday i'd be like dad i don't, I don't want to go like I'm tired like it's been a busy week it's going he's like no 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 you said at the start of the season when i paid the money if you do it a rugby and bought your boots and the hat and whatever you the scrum cap whatever you needed that year I asked you and you said, I'm going to do it. 
So that means this Sunday you are getting up at seven o'clock and you will be on that rugby field at eight o'clock because mm-hmm. that's what you said you were going to do. And that, that started when I was five, seven, and still now, like if I say it, if I said I'm going to start, I'm going to finish. Mm-hmm. Whether that's whether that's you know a job, whether that's a dish in in a, in a cooking term, whether that's showing up to the gym, whether that's starting with you and being like. Oh, but today I really don't, I don't want to do it because you know like oh, Lewis is programming all this shit like, and I don't have time and I can't be asked. It's like no, I I told him I I gave him my word that I was going to do it, and to me that's like quite an, still such an important thing. Like if it's it's all it's all good to say oh I walk every day when it's sunny out, but when you when when it's pissed down with rain and it's snowing and it's cold and you know something like when when kids say they want a dog and it's like oh I'll look after it and it's like. But what, what about when it pooed itself? What about when it gives you a dead rat? What about when you know? All what about these when things? you can't go on holiday because of the dog? Like yeah. all these things. Like and then, but in the moment when it was sunny outside and you're like, yeah, no, it sounds great, and I can't wait. And then you have you have to make sacrifices because you said you were going to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try and hold myself to, and definitely hold my friends to as well. You know, like like even like going back to that meal with you, and you're like, oh, should we go like just make something really fancy because like go off plan? I was like, no. Like you, you said you were doing this diet. You said you wanted to look shredded in Tenerife with your top off for some photos. So I'm not going to be the one that's there. Like I eat this. Yeah, yeah. It tastes, it tastes really good. Yeah, yeah. No, like that's we very can true. make that work for you. Not it's saying that you know, I'm. Well, obviously, I have bad days. You know, everybody does. Oh, everybody does. Yeah, but it's like that video that I did the other day that I heard on the podcast. It's um, letting yourself down, and the more you do it, like I had to, honestly, I had to listen to that that part of the podcast again and again and again just to like ingrain it in the more you stop saying to yourself well the more you keep letting yourself down saying you're going to do this and do that you just lose confidence in yourself and all these things where you think they don't mean anything it's like in that moment they don't but in the long term they do because the more you do it the more you keep chipping away at your confidence the more you keep chipping away at the, your self-belief and you end up just doing nothing but if you can just this is what I was saying relating back to earlier doing the shit every single day you're just building yourself up bit by bit by bit because you're now becoming a person who gets shit done. And it's not just the gym. It's not just, it's, it's with everything. You build the, the, the mindset and assertiveness of, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. And if you just tell yourself you do that, your mind will find a way to make sure you get it done. Yeah, definitely. And and everybody has those moments. I remember a couple of months, uh, probably before I started this job, and my girlfriend, I was talking, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And my girlfriend looked at me, she's like, all you've done is talk. All you've done is talk. You haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. And I and I went, looked at her, and I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you told me in the last couple of weeks you're going to do this, 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 and this. And have you done any of them? And I was like, no. She was like, well, do something. And that was it. That was like, bang, switching my head. I was like, yeah. Not, not fuck you because you pointed it out to me, but thank you for pointing it out to me because yeah, yeah. I have just chatted the most for the past God knows how long and I haven't done anything. And like talking is very real. And and, and, I, and I think, you know, meditation, manifesting, like manifesting these things that are going to happen. That's very easy as well. Yeah. But like thinking that these things are going to happen is amazing. But until, until that becomes action, it's, it's hot air. It, it really mm-hmm. is there's there's no there's no point to it. i mean we both follow that eric thomas and like he said he was like talking without action like it's, it's nothing like it, it it and also it it brings your character down because then you're known as the guy or the girl that's like that chats this all this stuff the talker, like, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm gonna do all this stuff and then when it comes to it you don't show up 
or you don't do it yeah. or or when you do show up you're half arsed like that mm-hmm. that for me especially in the kitchen like coming up in kitchens as a kid 14 years old getting my ass handed to me being screamed at shouted at that's it like if you're going to show up and you say you're going to do something also come with come with the energy come with that fight because if you're going to get there and just half arse and be like, i don't care like like you, like say, say you program me like dumbbell snatches, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I can't, yeah. really, I can't really be asked. I do. You like get out what you put in. Yeah, like if you're gonna if if you, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. That's it. Like either either do it or don't. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But don't. But then don't don't come crying to don't come crying to people when they're like, oh, these people don't, don't take me seriously. It's like, well, what have you done to show them otherwise? Don't take yourself seriously because you're just saying all these things. That's linking back to what you were saying now. I've got this little thing on my phone which brings up little quotes every now and then. And one of them today, well, I don't know who it was by, it was like something like, a dream without a plan is just a whiff. Um, yeah, so, definitely. Literally. Something like, like that. Yeah, like that, 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 yeah, that tees it up perfectly. Like, and I think and once you've done these things and you've gone through the adversity and you've gone through the rainy days, those sunny days are so much sweeter. They mm-hmm. are so much sweeter. I mean, like, I mean, I don't want to make it all about me and the cooking kind of thing, but like I took my girlfriend to a Buckingham Palace garden party and she met the queen. And I took my mum, I took my, sorry, to a Christmas drink. She met the queen, she shook her hand, she said hello. And then my mum did the same with, my mum did the same with Prince Charles. And those moments to me, I was like, this is, this is why I have shitty days. This is why I've been showered at. This is why I get up every day and I do this because moments like that, like, you can't appreciate those days either if you don't go through the shit 100%. because it won't seem as special 100%. it'll make it all worth it well perfect so just to sum up what would be some tips that you'd give to anyone listening to this who's at a point where they're unhappy with their body they're I don't know getting to a certain weight where maybe it was just like you they're actually really suffering what would you say to that person for them to do um, first of all I think step back and think you know what what's got me here um what and then and then once you once you've realized what you're facing because there's no point attacking something that you don't actually know what it is that's got you to that point you know because sometimes things may happen and you go oh it's just the way it is you know like and you, you kind of get stuck in this like oh everything's bad everything's dark understand what the issues are and then look at ways of fixing you know whether whether it's losing weight you know I mean, like, like if you listen to this, like, just DM Lewis and say, "Look, these are my issues." Like, what do you think? And he's going to say to you, like, anyone, even even a friend, just say, like, what, what do you think I should do? Or, I think getting that like pat on the back. To I say, think yeah, just you've made just the best in, in, to interject there, definitely message your friends and family because they'll give you your, their honest opinion. Hundred percent. They you know you, sort of thing, and you won't take it as bad because obviously, if it's a stranger saying it to you they don't really know the ins and outs of you. you you might take offense to it but if you could just message a friend or someone close to you like like what you said there earlier about your girlfriend just saying like you said all these things and what like you, they're just going to tell you it as it is so definitely um definitely message a friend about that sorry carry on yeah and i think just and then attack it face on you know like don't don't hide away from it don't try and kid yourself oh it's not that bad oh like it would be all right you know like face it and I use it. I hate to use the saying again, but like, man up, see it, understand it, and attack it. And that's the only way you're going to do it. And then, and then I think show up every day, whether that's 
at the gym, whether that's in a park, whether that's going to work, whether that's, I don't know, speaking to your mum and dad after you haven't spoken for years or whatever that issue is, face it like, and, and start and show up every day in whatever regard that is and get it done. And then, and then once, and then you will, I promise you after a week, two weeks, a month, you will see results and then you'll go, oh shit, yeah, that, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And, and like, like Eddie said in the last podcast about like you guys being a bit nervous about before you come on and her being nervous about doing her racks fitness, whatever it is with the boys. Mm-hmm. And she was so scared about doing those things. A bit like me going into the gym for the first time, like so nervous and being in a raw kitchen for the first time thinking, oh my God, I don't belong here. Um, mm-hmm. Once you do it, it gets easier. Like, that's yeah. literally all it is. And like you were doing this podcast, like before we jumped on, we were like, oh, it's, it's a bit weird. Even though we're mates, like, chatting like this you do you do get nervous and as i said I, I said it in the last podcast if, if it's not if you're getting these nervy feelings if you're getting these butterflies and stuff it's a good sign that you're pushing yourself out your comfort zone which is obviously going to force you to adapt and grow and if you're not if you're not having these situations on a regular basis then you need to look at what you're doing and thinking can i do more because if it's not challenging if it's not giving you this like shit yourself sort of feeling then you're not doing enough basically I think also on that as well, like this is a really a little bit of a tangent as well, but I think from like you said about environment at the start, I think look at the people around you. Look at mm-hmm. look at all your friends and your family. And, and even if they are family, I know it's hard. It is what it is. Like I, think, I wouldn't say necessarily cut them off, but just don't share. No, don't, no, don't, no, no. Don't go to them for certain if you know yeah. if you've had the experience, if you've been trying to like say things to them and you're not getting the responses that you that you really want and they're not supportive enough don't share the story not don't share the story but just don't go to them for that advice find the people who are obviously in your corner backing you and get your get your advice from them but also find that inner circle first because the, the, the some of those people will some of those people who really do care about you like my best mate calling me fat every day like he he cared about me and he was telling me shit that i didn't want to hear a bit of tough love f- t- to propel me forward so I think when people say you go to these people and they don't give you the advice you're looking for, well, sometimes the advice you're looking for, advice, advice that you're not looking for is what you need. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like for me to step on it, to step on someone and be like, yeah, yeah, you're doing all the right things and you're, and you're gaining weight or you're not happy or you're whatever those, or you're not getting the job of your dreams, or you're not working hard enough. And me being like, yeah, yeah, no, you're doing a really good job. Well, you are doing a good job. But it's not good enough, is it? Yeah. So kick it into another gear. I know you don't want to hear it, but that's what needs to happen because I care about you. And, and in six months time, I want you to go, shit, do you know what? Like, yeah, that worked. Like now I'm yeah. in the job of my dreams or I'm, in, I'm wearing the jeans that I've always wanted to wear. Or I'm wearing that dress that I wanted to wear to this party or whatever it may be. That's sometimes what you need to hear. Like, mm-hmm. in it, it, you can't sugarcoat it. You can't, we could all sit here and be like, no, 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 you're doing, you're doing fantastic. Like really, really good. I, I love you. I love you. Like, no, yeah. I do love you. The reason I love you is because I'm going to tell you how yeah. it is. Exactly. You don't want people burning smoke up your ass. But just to summarize what you said there, in in basic essence, is just 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 fucking get started. Just do something. And when we're saying show up every single day, we're not saying like go and hit a PB every single day or go do loads of things. It's literally it's something silly like maybe you, at the beginning of the morning you didn't want to go to the gym, you're having a shitty day, and you you're going to not go. And then you did go. Things like that. That is like a massive win. And it's just, you've got to do something every day. And I can't 
recommend enough like writing these things down if there's something that stands out to you for that day write it down in your notes write it down in a diary whatever it is you can keep looking back and thinking about these days i think also like think of others as well you know like don't just think about how this this decision is going to impact you think about you know those whys there's other people in your life like me with my grandmother and like saying in that turn that i was going to do something and i'm going to do it you know i think Mm -hmm. if if like you said in your last podcast about your why i think if your why is solely internal it's easier to give up because we can all kid ourselves 100 percent, we can all kid ourselves but that's why i'm quite big on telling you or my girlfriend or my friend dylan or whoever those people are i'm going to do these things mm-hmm. because then you know like when i talk to you on the phone you'll be like oh how did that thing go and i have, yeah. to have that awkward conversation you're like oh i didn't actually do it and you're like why or yeah. i go oh yeah i did and it worked really well and you're like oh sick like, blah, blah, blah. yeah you know like that's and i think accountability like i said at the start accountability for me is, is a massive thing massive thing mm-hmm. we're more worried about letting other people down than we are ourselves of course because you have to have that awkward conversation even though we're friends like when i have a shitty meal and i'm like oh, i've got to tell him like i've got i've got to tell you've got to tell them that you didn't do it you've got to tell, got yourself, to tell you let yourself down like no one yeah. wants to hear that you don't want to even even though when you haven't got to tell anyone it's fine because you're talking to yourself but when you physically got to tell someone else i didn't do the things that i said i was going to do it's a shit feeling it's not nice oh, yeah. it's not something that you want to that you want to um say to well, someone that, like that feeling of being a kid isn't it when they're like oh you know, wait till your dad gets home or yeah. Oh, you wait till your parents hear about this and you have that like feeling of like that knot in your stomach like oh my god like yeah what's gonna happen you know nothing you know it's not gonna be that bad but you still have to you have to address it you have to face it head on and go yeah i messed up boohoo yeah. me next time i gotta come correct 100 percent, 100 well i feel we're gonna call it a day there i would say if you've got anything to plug i don't think this really uh, applies to you no nah, nothing to plug just you know i think yeah do your best every day show up get results and be happy like like lewis says live 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 better live the best way you can be the best version of you and it'll come you know and i'm I'm nowhere near the end we're still working every day to get to where we want to be i think that applies to everybody even if you're at the top of your game in any field there's there's always someone who's slightly better and to just chase it yeah just keep working working. exactly and just to end this off guys James is the living embodiment of you can fucking do this. No matter if you're uh, whatever kilos you are and you're saying yourself can't do all these things, there is living proof right here that you can. So I will link his Instagram in the bio for this podcast. I mean, you can go on my Instagram and check my followers. What is it? James Spray 05? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. James Spray 05. Go look at his pictures. See the inspiration as to how much you can change your life just from simply showing up every single day and doing all these little things. But thanks very much for coming on the podcast, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Perfect. Well, I'm going to end this how I usually do, guys, which is do better, be better, feel better, and live better. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.